0: Next time you hear from us, tennis season will be over. Rest in peace. Oh man, it's been um, it's been a very entertaining week for yes. tennis fans. Right. Very wild. Um. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we're recording this right now. We come out with these episodes on Wednesdays or. Yeah, Wednesday nights, and right now we're in the middle of the World Tour Finals, and it has been pure insanity. World Tour Finals are the best of the best of the year going against each other, right? That's essentially it. Right. So uh, before I jump the gun here, because I'm sure we have plenty this to, to discuss, uh, you want to break down for us what's going on, Mark? Yeah,
1: we have a big Australian controversy. We have Kiki Mayanovich news. We have the ATP Tour final. We have Roger Federer's schedule. We have, uh, unfortunately, I you know, Casper Rudd news. Oh, sheesh. But first, <laughs> we will start with the Australian controversy. Hmm. Now, every 50 years, they have an anniversary for the Grand Slam champions. Mm-hmm. Rod Laver, he won his Grand Slam. Not not the Novak slam or whatever you call it. Mm. A real grand slam is when you win all four slams in one year. Mm. From January to December. Right. The last time that was done was nineteen eighty eight. Mm. Steffi Groff won all four and she won the gold medal in the Olympics. Jeez. So so it's very rare when it happens. Mm. Uh Margaret Court. This is going to be the 50th anniversary of her Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. She is demanding that the Australian Federation has a um, ceremony in her honor. Mm-hmm. Now, when Ray- Rod Labor had his, they flew him in from America, took him in, gave him the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for her, she's been in very bad news and situations because of comments she made about... Uh, same-sex marriages. Mm -hmm. So the Australian Federation does not want to bring her out for the 50th anniversary of her Grand Slam. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
0: Now, let's also talk about this. How often do you see Rod Laver uh, at the Grand Slams, at the tournaments, being a supporter and fan of the ATP? You see Rod Laver a lot. A lot. A lot. He is... Definitely someone who values the ATP World Tour, all the slams, all the tournaments. He makes appearances even at his age and is a spectator and supporter. Right. When's the last time you saw Margaret Corden at an event? You don't see her. You don't see her. Right. Um, I think that it's a lot easier to celebrate someone who celebrates you. Um, Rod Laver is celebrated by all the athletes. He's revered and loved by a lot of the people. We listen to what he has to say. Because he pays attention to us as well. He does a good job of paying it back to the sport, going to the events and all that. Margaret Court, are you a great athlete? Sure you are. It's going to be tough on you. They don't want to jump through hoops of fire and all that because at the end of the day, their job is to sell tickets and put on events that people want to go to. If you're never in the public eye, the only people who are going to come see your event or support your event are people from way back then. And uh, not a lot of them are going to show up. She uh, She's had a reputation outside of that for uh, a lot of complaints as well, I believe. I think she had negative things to say about Serena as well at one point. Right. Um, something about uh, her slam count or something like that. I can't remember what it was.
1: Yes, I can go a little bit more in detail. Yeah. Um, so the same-sex marriage scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, she then... Uh, went on CNN mm-hmm. and said, I'm a Pentecostal, I have a church, a Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. and I have people that are same-sex people, mm-hmm. uh, same-sex marriages. And I really don't have problems with those people. Mm-hmm. It's just that I believe that they shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, with her explanation of that, uh, would as you being the Australian Federation, mm-hmm. would you give out the red carpet for
0: her for her 50th year? with that explanation she just gave? I don't think that explanation would make or break whether I chose to have her there or not. I don't think I would have just a Margaret Court event in general. I don't think I would if I were them. You know, she doesn't come support any events. Um, I don't know the last time I saw her at an event. She doesn't seem to celebrate tennis the same way that Rod Laver does. There are a lot of Hall of Fame athletes that have anniversaries that we don't celebrate. I do think she deserves, uh, you know, a nod, you know, Respect, but an entire red carpet event, that's that's a big ask of someone. Um, I wouldn't do it. Okay.
1: Now Billie Jean King her and Billie Jean King had big problems mm-hmm. even before this happened. When the WTA was being formed back in the sixties, seventies, mm-hmm. Margaret Court was sort of in the back. Mm-hmm. While Billie Jean King was really trying to push forward for the women to have equal pay. Exactly. Uh, Margaret Court was in the back just whatever. Mm-hmm. So Margaret Court and Billie Jean King have had problems from day one. Mm -hmm. Billie Jean King has been asking the Australian Federation to take down um, Margaret Court's statue Mm -hmm. from the Australian Open Stadium. So they've had a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. So speaking about the Serena part, Mm -hmm. Billie Jean King also said, Mm -hmm. I hope that when Serena Williams makes it to 24, I hope you're there so you can see her break or tie your record. Mm-hmm. What do you
0: think of that statement by Billie Jean King? That's a little petty. It's a little bit petty. Uh, entertaining nonetheless, but I'll be honest. Um, Billie Jean King, whether you like her more, or dislike her more, whether she's a greater athlete or not, she is someone who has been an advocate and a major pillar of support for the tennis community, male and female. Right. Um, I would see them rolling out a red carpet for Billie Jean King first because of that. You know, you got to give a little to get a little. It isn't just, you know, I dominated all those years ago. Now you should celebrate me 50 years later. No, we gave you a ceremony 50 years ago. We gave you a trophy 50 years ago. And we televised you 50 years ago. Now, it's these people's time. Unless you've given us love up until this point, we're not obligated to celebrate anything for you. You know, I understand her request, but there's no obligation. So, Margaret Court... What you did deserves celebration, but I don't think you've shown what it takes for people to come out of their pocket and create something for you. It's not going to happen. You've caused too much controversy in your time and too little support. To me, uh, if we're basing it on her um, remarks, Mm.
1: um, she's entitled to her own opinion. Yeah. She has apologized. Right. And um, if it's for that alone, you shouldn't just say, okay, we're not going to do it.
0: I think they're making excuses.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, as far as the Margaret Court 24, this is a big thing. Mm. Back in the day, 70s, not a lot of the professional tennis players went to Australia. Yeah. So she was competing against smaller fields. Mm. That's why she won 12, 13 Australian Opens. Mm. So to a point, it is a little padded,
0: yeah. by oh, the way. for sure. So, and everyone knows that, too. No one's calling her the GOAT or putting her in GOAT conversations.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So that was that. Moving on.
1: <laughs> Kiki Majanovich keeps on succeeding without Sasha Bayan. She just won Fed Cup as well. Fed Cup is the Davis Cup Mm -hmm. equivalent. Of females, yeah. Yes. She beat Ash Barty in the singles. It came down to her against Ash Barty in the doubles for the title. Kiki Mayanovich pulled
0: it out. Are you impressed by her? Absolutely. Uh, maybe, you know, sometimes they say, uh, you need to separate in order to receive the spotlight and things like that, you know, and separation can lead to elevation. I'm making all this stuff up, but it sounded great. (laughs) Very philosophical. Yeah. Um, the point here being, she is, uh, she's in a situation where it's grow up or go home kind of thing. You know, she's, there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, I guess in basketball franchises, you see athletes that are in such a great program, it almost uh, they almost get coddled, you know. They um, they they perform decently, but we don't see them shine until they have to create their own system, right? You know, and play outside of it. So I think we're seeing something like that from her, where she's out to prove something. Maybe has a little chip on her shoulder, and she's working a little bit harder than she did before. So I mean, I'm impressed. Yes. She's playing awesome. Right. I hope this leads into next year. Yes, I hope so
1: too. Mm. Moving on, Kim Kleister's announced that she is injured from the knee and she will not play at the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. Now, Sasha Bion just left Kiki Mayanovich to try to go to Kim Kleisters. Mm-hmm. So let's ask two questions. Number one, do you think Kim Kleisters will play at all in 2020 with the knee
0: problem? How old is she? Do we know how old she is? She's 37, 38. That's a tough uh, cookie to crack. It depends on how severe the knee injury is. If she has the injury in November and is already claiming she won't be playing a January event, I want to make the assumption that we're not going to see a peak form from her at all until maybe the latter, latter half of next year. Um, I expect to see her a uh, few tournaments after the Australian. I expect to see her really perform a few tournaments after those tournaments. So We're talking mid-year. Yeah. Uh, don't expect to see her make any big runs in a slam until the U.S. Open, though. Okay. Yeah. So do you think she will compete in
1: 2020? Yes, I okay. do. I All do. right. Now the second question. Bayern left uh, Kiki Majanovic to coach this girl. Mm. Now, Kleisters is injured. Let's mm. just say she doesn't come back. What is going to happen to
0: Sasha Bayern? It seems like a lot of these uh, these WTA players let him come crawling back, or they ask him and they come crawling back. Not to say that's going to be a Kiki, but he'll have a job. That's the least of my concerns. Okay. Him of all people will have a job with a top 20 female player. Okay. No doubt in my mind. Or maybe, nah, he won't go to the men. He'll be in the females, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Moving on to the men. Casper Rudd. We, We know who Casper Rudd is from the previous podcast, but if you don't know... I'll let you know who he is right now. Mm. He had that big debacle with Nick Kyrgios in Italy. He called him an idiot, all that stuff. And he played in the Next Gen tournament. They interviewed him, and he was asked about Nick Kyrgios. He said, I am done talking about Nick Kyrgios, but I do have some news. Mm. In this offseason, I will start training in the Rafael Nadal Academy. Do you think that that is going to propel him to the next level. No. Why is that?
0: Um do we know anyone who's gone to that academy and come out at the next level? No, not really. Yeah, I don't I don't know of any any, you know, evidence proving that that is even a sign that you're going to go to the next level or anything. You know, I don't know anyone from there specifically. All I I know of there of great notoriety is Andy Murray made a stop there before he made his comeback campaign. Right. So, no, I'm unconcerned with his statement. Once again, I think I said this last week, news from this guy is it's borderline irrelevant for now. Uh, The only thing that's going to bring him relevant is winning at this point. Now, if he does go to the Nadal camp and then starts winning after, he brings a lot of relevance to his name. But, you know, for now, we'll keep covering him, but I need some proof in the pudding. I need some wins. Do you think that him being coached by Tony Nadal, who coached Rafael Nadal, will improve his game? No, I don't. I don't know if Tony Nadal, Tony Nadal is – the has he coached anyone besides Nadal in the pros? No. No, you know, he, he coached Nadal as a teenager up until the professionals and – just recently stepped away. I don't know how well-rounded he is as a coach when it comes to other athletes. Um, it's not the same, you know. He's he's coaching a genetic freak. This is a guy who can play left-handed, who's right-handed, a guy with more mental toughness than probably anyone on the tour. We'll get to that in a moment here. We just yes. saw a freak uh, match today, right? Um, yeah, Rudd is not a Nadal, you know. I could see Tony. Being a great coach for someone comparable, like maybe a raw, undeveloped form of Nadal, he is not that. You know, uh, <clears throat> Tony needs to maybe try to find like a Tiafo or someone, someone with some raw, pure talent that is just a little rough. Uh, but yeah, not him. Okay,
1: fair enough. Moving on. Skinner, he is an Italian player, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He was a wild card into the next gen. Somebody pulled out with an injury he took full advantage and beat Alex Diminor, who's mm. having the year of his life yeah. right now.
0: Are you surprised by that? No. Don't care. Unimportant. Because the scoring system and the way they leverage these matches and put together this event make the the winners less important and relevant to me. That doesn't tell me that this guy's beating Demenor in a best-of-five, you know, three-setter or anything like that, so... I'm unimpressed. It's unimportant to me. I don't want to say unimpressed. I think that he made a name for himself. But I do not think that him beating any of those players means he's beating them in a Masters 1000 or a slam. Okay. Yes, I would have to
1: agree Mm. that with the sets going to four instead of six, it does take away from the game. We're used to going to six. So it does take away from it a little bit. Mm. So it is what it is. Yeah. Now going to the coaching, we've seen a lot of cussing. In the coaching, Mm. Tiafo cussed out his coach in the middle of a game when he was playing Alex Diminor. Do you still think that
0: coaching is a good thing for the players and fans? That sounds awesome to me. Um, If you're cussing out there, I'd love to know about it. And I think that will bring more edge to the sport. I think we see people like Kyrgios who do it off the court in the media, and it makes us think that he's the only one like that. A lot of these players are good friends with Kyrgios because they're not very different from Kyrgios. Tiafoe. um, Jack Sock. Jack Sock. You know, uh, Taylor Fritz. Yeah. These guys are buddies with Kyrgios. You know, and they don't do the same things in the spotlight. Maybe they're more well media trained, but media training means nothing on the court. You're going to see a bit more transparent side of these athletes. We've seen Roger Federer cuss on the court. We've seen Nadal cussing Spanish on the court. It's not really that crazy, and I hope that fans can understand what it's like to really be an athlete from this. Every professional sport I've ever watched on television has people cussing on it. If you mic them, you know they. That's why they don't mic every player in the NBA. They're right. saying wild things out there. Right. Sports. <clears throat> I'm okay with it. I like it. I want to see more of that. If you're telling me we're going to hear the gutter mouth talk, the angry talk, the tempers, the cuss outs, I might tune in live on cable, you know, so I support it
1: I am extremely disappointed as far as the coaching is concerned mm. I'm not saying i'm a the biggest i q tennis player, but I do know about tennis mm. and the the stuff that they tell these players are so irrelevant to what they're doing mm. as a matter of fact, Paul Anacone, who is a announcer on Tennis Channel, he's ex- he's breaking down the game more than the coaches are themselves. Hmm. So to me, that's kind of sad. Hmm. And I really don't want to see that. You yeah. have WTA coaches, not saying that they're worse or better, that are breaking down the game more than the male
0: coaches. Hmm.
1: I, I'm disappointed,
0: honestly. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I think you're in the wrong field and profession. I think you need a... Go to Indian Wells and, you know, let them know to get a free trial from you for three months on the tour. And if they like it, they'll hire you. Because at this point, uh, you're kind of right. You know, these guys are, oh, you you got to just keep going. You got to right. keep going. And I'm like, ah. Oh. That's I, nice. I do believe that there's overcoaching, which is, you know, being too involved in every decision, every shot the athlete's making at the professional level. But there's undercoaching, too. And that's the... You got to keep going, mate. How bad do you want it, mate? Mm, No, thanks. Tell me some patterns you're noticing that I'm not seeing on the court. Right. Tell me some errors I keep making that I'm not realizing. Or if you don't know, say, I don't know. You know? Right. That may not be good for job security, but, you know, um, it's just what I, essentially what I'm hearing when they say these things is, I don't know. That's what it sounds like. They're going, just keep going, mate, because I don't have an answer. You know, I don't know how to win this match. Do you? And it's useless. It's useless information, and they're on the payroll. So, yeah, I mean, we could take a job if they want us to. <laughs> yeah, pretty I, I'll much. be your assistant coach. Let's yeah, there go. you go.
1: So there you go. So it's positive it's positive and negative. I guess for an avid tennis fan or or somebody that really knows the game, they may be extremely disappointed. But for somebody that is in tune for the first time, they're going to go, oh, shoot. Yeah, they're very fiery and, and they're showing a lot of emotion. So that may work for them. Moving on. Big news in the ATP Tour Finals. We're going to start with one group. Mm. We're going to st- start with Nadal coming back against Daniel Medvedev. Ooh, what he a was comeback. Down, he was down 1-5 and came back to take the set. For the match. For the match. Now, this steal keeps him in the number one spot for
0: now. What do you think of Nadal's epic comeback? Mentality, mentality, mentality. He should not have won that match by any means. Medvedev had a match point at 5-1. Couldn't do it. That's insane. Pure insanity. Um, Salute to Nadal. I was hoping he didn't drop the ball here, you know, because he's in a a pool that we would consider wide open in terms of I'm playing the best players on earth. Right. He's in a wide open pool in that regard. Anyone can beat anyone except Berrettini. Any of these players can beat anyone. So to say that it's wide open would be kind of loaded, but he's got the most favorable pool of the big three. And I was a little disappointed in his start to this. But, yeah, this was a beautiful way for him to kick it back up. I'd like to see him get his first World Tour final. I think he deserves to have one in his catalog of trophies in his trophy room. So, And I think it would mean a lot to him, too. We're right. seeing uh, that other pool. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yes, we going to finish uh, this pool first, yeah. then
1: we'll get to another one. Secondly, Zverev 0-5 against Nadal. Mm-hmm. He beats Nadal.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by that? I am surprised, but if there was a setting to do it in, it was going to be this one, indoors, on a hard court this is where he can do it. If he's hitting his spots and hitting his lines, changing direction of the ball and serving well, he can give Nadal major problems at this stage. So I'm glad that he took advantage of the opportunity because the second they step outside or go on a slower court, it's over. Right. You know, and they'll be doing that next year in January. So, yeah, Uh, enjoy the win. I'm really impressed with that. I'm glad he pulled it off because it's not an easy feat, even in that setting, to do it to Nadal, as you saw with uh, Medvedev. So... Right. Good job. Now going on to Sissi Pass
1: was 0-5 against Medvedev as well. Mm-hmm. Sissipas finally beats mm-hmm. Medvedev. So now he's 1-5. Mm-hmm. Are you impressed by him finally beating Medvedev?
0: Yes. He has wrapped up the end of his year well. He looks good. He does look good right now. It's, it's funny because he was actually my... Uh, my second to last pick in that pool. I was expecting to see, um, you know, Nadal obviously come out and maybe Medvedev. Medvedev is 0-2. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, is looking good. I'm looking forward to seeing his last match in the pool. Now, in the
1: post-conference, uh, mm. instead of him talking about the win, mm. he goes into why he has this turmoil with Medvedev instead of talking about his win. This guy's a media darling. Now, to me, that's very childish. Yeah. He should just say, look, I won. This is my first win, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Sissy Pass's comments? I didn't hear the actual comments themselves. Would but you like me to tell you? Yeah, tell me them, please. Okay. They asked, so what do you think about this win? He says,
0: i like to clear the air. First of all, I have... All right, have... timeout, time Okay. Out. It's already annoying. This, that's like what boxers do, you know, when they're like, oh, if you see right here, he threw that hook. Uh, how'd you feel in that moment? I'd like to thank my mom, you know, my coaches. I'm like, bro, they're okay. They got punched in the face for, you know, an hour. You did not. You're a tennis player, and you've already rested, sat down, come through, and now you're at your press conference. Answer the dang questions continue though I'm sorry
1: no it's okay yeah.
0: um, he went
1: on and to explain how the beef started mm. it started in 2018 in Miami mm. where Sissy pass hit a let Medvedev got extremely upset about it because he celebrated over celebrated mm. mm. so Sissy pass hit another let he started over celebrating mm-hmm. then in the changeover Medvedev called him out and says you need to apologize to me. For hitting those lets, You didn't win that point. You got lucky. Then Sissy Pass took it a step uh, forward. And took a five minute restroom break. Mm. During the middle of the set. Mm. And that really ticked off Medvedev. Mm. So that's where the beef started. Mm. So to me again. It was childish. You Mm. got your first win against this guy. Yeah, Celebrate it. Why are you explaining that there is no beef between you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, to me, that was pretty childish.
0: Yeah. He likes attention. That's what it comes down to. He likes attention. He likes to be in the spotlight. But at the same time, I think he doesn't like uh, criticism or to be ridiculed. So, it seems like when he's in a positive light where you have to compliment his game, he wants to bring up all those nasty things as well. So, I mean, it's really, really getting to that point where I dislike everything about him except his play. I like his tennis, but... He's annoying. He's childish. Yeah, he's very
1: childish. Right. Now, as you stated, Sissi passes 2-0. Mm-hmm. Nadal is 1-1. One one. Mm-hmm. Um, Zverev is 1-1. One 1-1. One and one. And one. Who do you think is going to make it to the next round?
0: Nadal for sure. You think he's going to beat Sissi Bass? I hope so. Okay. Because uh, if CC goes through, I think he's getting blown out the water in the semis. Nadal has a winning record on Sissi Bass. Yeah, but, as we've seen, winning records don't mean a whole lot in right. the World Tour Finals, right. And CC Pi is playing good enough to beat Nadal. That's right. for sure. But, uh, I'm gonna put my uh, stack my chips on the side of Nadal this time and uh, hope for the best. But and your second pick no CC is two and right? Right. Oh, yeah, that's my second pick. okay, because he'll be two and one. okay. Yeah, he'll be two and one. Nadal will be two and one ideally. If Zverev beats
1: Medvedev, he'll be two and one, and then it comes down to games and sets and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: where we will see Nadal in trouble there. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go C.C. and um, Nadal. Okay. Yeah.
1: We shall find out.
0: Mm.
1: Now going to the other group.
0: Mm.
1: Um, would you like to apologize to our viewers and listeners? You did say that Dominic team. That Fetter, sorry, that Fetter was easily going to cruise. Dominic team beat Roger Feder. Yes, he did. And by the way, not a lot of people know this. Dominic team is three and zero against uh, Feder this year, mm. and five and two overall in his career versus Roger Fetter. Mm. So when you made that prediction, did you take that into consideration?
0: I did and didn't. I thought that the indoor setting would have an effect on the big swing from Dominic Team. If you remember correctly, though, I said, if he does adapt and shorten that swing a bit, he can give problems to anyone. And clearly, he's made the adjustments. He's whacking the ball. He looks great out there. I'm not going to lie. I am surprised that he took out Fed that way, but he's looking good. And he backed up that win
1: by beating Novak Djokovic. Are you impressed by that?
0: Extremely impressed by that because Novak is not playing poorly at all. Novak's playing well. Federer's playing well, and he beat both of them. He is the best-looking player at the World Tour Finals right now.
1: Correct. Period. I agree.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: The way he played was just smooth. He mm-hmm. hit.
0: He's flattening the heck out
1: of that ball. He gave Djokovic <sighs> no time. Mm-hmm. Djokovic, the way he beats people is by redirecting the ball. Mm-hmm. When Dominic team is going 90 miles an hour down the line on you, it's hard to redirect the ball. Yeah. And that's what he did time after time.
0: That's not easy to do. And
1: that's not easy to do. Whew. Now, yes, you did state. You had you had a good point. Hmm. Berrettini was the, the fish. Yeah. Everybody destroyed him. Yeah. So now it's the setup. It's the big match, the Wimbledon rematch mm-hmm. to see who goes on to the – Next round, yes. Who you got, Federer
0: or Djokovic? (sighs) Man, why you got to ask me that, man? Uh, I'm cheering for Federer. I'm going to speak it into existence. In the back of my head, I know. (laughs) Federer is going to have a really tough time not losing in straight sets this match. When we see Novak lose a match like that, he usually comes back with a vengeance. (sighs) Because Novak did not look injured in that loss. And he's not going to be happy about it. And Novak is determined to end this year at number one. Novak has to go to the semis and outperform Nadal. Right. Um, I think Novak's going to probably take it just because of that. I want Fed to win, though. But, you know, it is what it is. If
1: Nadal and Djokovic get knocked out at the same time, I believe Nadal will end at number one. Okay. So Djokovic wants it. Now I will say this. This is a... Real fast court, unlike Wimbledon, which is playing slow Mm -hmm. because people want to see uh rallies, yeah. This is actually playing fast, yeah, and this benefits Roger Federer. Oh, big time! So, if he's gonna beat him, it's gonna be now, yeah. So, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say Roger Federer, and I will say, Yes, you said that Federer will advance to the semis, and he will. By beating Novak Djokovic. The big rematch.
0: I am happy if that's the case.
1: Moving on to some really, really dumb questions by commentators and people that ask questions in the uh, post-conference. When Nadal lost to Zverev, one um, newspaper columnist asked, do you think that your wedding affected your performance today the wedding was maybe two three days ago maybe mm-hmm. the the match was three days later yeah what do you think of that stupid question
0: i think that he's looking for clickbait that's all I, what what do you think nadal's gonna say come on like i'd like to see what nadal's face was like because you know he wears his emotions a bit he's like i i, I don't understand why 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 would it do that You know, like, Nadal takes himself seriously. He's disciplined. We all know this. You could ask me these interview questions. Like, come on. That was retarded. If anything, it should have helped his game. Nadal responded
1: by saying, are you seriously asking me this question right now? Mm -hmm. You being married, does it affect your performance as a news
0: columnist? Mm. That's what Nadal asked that guy. Mm.
1: Was that a witty response to
0: you? No, but... It's an Nadal response, and I like it. I support it. Um, I think it's his way of saying, are you stupid? Which is all I needed him to say. I'm happy with that. Was it witty? Was it uh, intellectual? No, not at all. Okay. But but yeah, thank you, Nadal, for uh, not letting that BS fly. You know, address it, let him know, don't show up asking this dumb stuff. Ask yourself that question, because it's dumb, (laughs) you know, so...
1: Now, that the question that the reporter asked Daniel Medvedev, personally, I would have lost it, and I probably would have cussed this guy out. Mm-hmm. But you tell me. I'm going to tell you the question right now. The reporter asked, are you seeing a sports psychologist? Because you couldn't close out this match. You are up 5-1. Uh, can a sports psychologist help you in this spot? That's what they asked Daniel Medvedev. He took it like a champ. He said, well, you know, I've never been in this spot. I've never lost when I was up five-one, And he took it well. Mm. But let's just say you were Daniel
0: Medvedev. How would you respond to that? I would definitely do the complete opposite and Troll. And I would say, I have eight sports psychologists. And we discussed the potential opportunity that I may be up five-one On a weekly basis. We had multiple strategies. All 15 failed. And now I'm sitting here in this conference room. Any other questions? (laughs) And that'd be how I respond to it. Because, come on, let's be real here. You're playing against the guy with more heart than anyone on the tour. If anyone was ever going to lose to a guy being up 5-1, it would be to Djokovic or Nadal. These are two absolute machines that you never count out, especially Nadal. Nadal plays every point whether he's up or down like it's the last ball of the match. This is no sports psychologist can prepare you for that. No there's no solution to that. You close it or you don't. Right. It's that simple. You know? He definitely wasn't out there walking around. He just got beat, you know, so it is what it is. I'm sure that he will be fine. I'm sure his psychology is just fine. I'm sure his brain is working okay, and I'm sure he will still be a great athlete tomorrow. So, that's a retarded question. Fair enough. Moving on to Roger Federer news. Mm
1: -hmm. They're still on the ATP Cup decision. When he arrived in London, they interviewed Nadal, and they asked Nadal, he's not performing in ATP Cup what are you going to do about it? He said, well, there's really nothing I can do. It's his decision. Mm. There's been articles written stating that if Nadal and Djokovic do not attend Labor Cup, how is Federer going to pull up the ratings by himself? Mm. And that would make Federer bend down a little bit more mm. and go to the other tournaments. Mm. Would you agree with that comment?
0: No. Uh, I think Labor Cup is a better event. Laver Cup has proven itself to be, you know, amazing because it's not just about Nadal or Djokovic. In fact, uh, I don't think that the, that the Nadal matches are what sold the tickets at Laver Cup. I think that it was the atmosphere and the energy and the stakes that are created from it. Nadal being there is definitely a major plus, just like Federer is, but. I think it's the balance of there has to be someone on team world for them to play against. That's the key. Um, now if we see team world drop in, you know, there's no Kyrgios, no Jack Sock. That's not a good event. If this exact, uh, labor cup we just saw this year happened minus Jack Sock and Kirgios, Are you buying tickets to that event?
1: That makes more sense. Actually. Yeah.
0: Yes. Kyrgios is team world.
1: Basically. Yeah. I hate to say it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Team Europe has enough Hall of Fame athletes already. Team World is struggling to find them. So, no, I don't think that Nadal showing up or not showing up is going to make a difference. If anything, we might just see Team World get their first win. Okay. That's really it. So, I do think that, um, you know, if Labor Cup struggles for a couple of years, you'll see Fed get leveraged over into switching sides and playing ATP as well. But... Just one year of Nadal and Novak not coming won't make a difference. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Moving on to more Federer news, he announced his schedule. Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
1: this is something he hasn't done since 2013. Mm -hmm. He's going to do a lot of exhibition matches after ATP finals. He's going to go to South America. We've talked about him playing against Juan Martin del Potro. Mm -hmm. He's going to play in Ecuador. He's going to play in Mexico. He's going to play in South Africa. Will not for the first time since 2013, will not play any warm-up tournaments in Australia. Wow. Now, this is the thing. The last time he did that, he only made it to the fourth round of the Australian Open. Mm.
0: Is that a problem for you? I think that he'll prepare accordingly. I'm not too concerned about it, and it also tells me he's not taking too much priority in taking that slam specifically. But... I think that he does a very good uh, training regimen and stays pretty well-seasoned during his uh, workouts and training before tournaments, so he'll be okay.
1: Okay, and that would be the news for this week. I hope you guys were entertained.
0: Until next time, when we bring out the Kia Geos News. <laughs>